Oh, you're awake now, aren't you? <laughs> I replaced some light fixtures in our house yesterday. I replaced them with LED fixtures. Uh, have any LED fixtures in your house? They're so good, Jeannie buys the bulbs that they're supposed to last for years and years and years. I put up fixtures that I'll probably that'll last longer than I will, probably. That's good. Thomas Edison invented the light bulb in 1879. 22 years later, in 1901, one of the newfangled gadgets was hung and turned on in the Livermore, California Fire Department. It is still there, and it is still on. 109 years later, this is what it looks like. We have several shots of a light bulb for you to see in that room. Actually, there's a bulb cam, and you can Google Livermore, California, Fire Department, Edison bulb, and a bulb cam will show you a picture of it. Here's a picture of the bulb cam. <laughs> so don't do it in the sermon on your phone, but later on, if you want to see the bulb, you can Google it. Today we're going to talk about a light, the light that lasts. Let's pray for Father, thank you so. Thank you so for the light that comes into our lives that makes brothers and sisters out of people of varying backgrounds and abilities and educations, experiences, you make us one because that light is common in us. Help us to let our light shine because you certainly have light for us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're told in 1 John chapter 1, verse, 15, verse 5, that God is light. So today I, I want to trace that light. His presence on earth, the dwelling of God with man. And go through some Old Testament scriptures really quickly and then get to us. In the Old Testament, God came down and dwelt in the tabernacle, the tent of dwelling. Uh, Exodus 40 tells us about the point at which the tabernacle was first put together. I begin reading verse 34. Familiar words to you if you study the Old Testament. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled upon him, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. It had to be a spectacle to see. And wherever the tabernacle went, the glory of the Lord As you know, the glory of the Lord led the Israelites through the wilderness in the form of a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And later, after the temple was built, the ark was brought into that building, that permanent structure in Jerusalem, and God did it again. He came down in a form of a cloud and filled the temple with his presence as he filled the tabernacle centuries before. First Kings tells us about that in chapter 8. And when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand and minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house. So in both the tabernacle first and then the temple, the glory of the Lord down, came down and dwelt with his people. And it was that way for centuries. But the day came when the sins of Israel became so horrible that God had had enough and he left town. He pulled his presence out. Ezekiel tells us that, chapter 11, verse 23. And the glory of the Lord descended from the middle of the city out of Jerusalem and stopped on the mountain east of the city. 
So the glory of the Lord left the temple, left Jerusalem. And as far as we know, in such an extent, never returned during the Old Testament era. That brings us to Luke chapter 2. That all changed. The glory of the Lord returned. Just a couple of verses from that familiar story, verses 8 and 9. In that region, there were shepherds, you know, these words, living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. It's back. And they were terrified. God had once again stepped out of heaven. The glory of the Lord had returned to dwell with his people, and that's why we celebrate. The Gospel of John described it this way in chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. I found this very interesting back to the Old Testament. We're told about Moses getting the Ten Commandments. Look at Exodus 24, 15 to 18. Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. On the seventh day, he called the Moses out of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. He was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. You remember what happens to his face while he's on the mountain? Remember how it, what Scripture says about it? We're in chapter 34 of Exodus now, beginning in verse 29. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with two tablets of the covenant in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. And afterward, all the Israelites came near, and he gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him on Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining, and Moses would put the veil on his face again. Until he went back in to speak with him. So Moses was shining so much he had to cover it up because he was scaring people to death. Paul writes about this in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 18. Whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Before this, and you can read 2 Corinthians 3, how he's talking about Moses. But he's talking about us now. When someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Spirit of the Lord, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have that veil removed can see and reflect. It's talking about you. You can reflect the glory of God. The glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So... Quick New Old Testament history about the glory of God and about Moses shining to the New Testament saying that you now have the glory of God that was announced to the shepherds. Well, you should shine. 
a Hindu trader in India once asked a missionary, what do you put on your face to make it shine? And the missionary said, I, I don't put anything on my face. And the trader said, yeah, you do. All, all of you who believe in Jesus seem to have it. I've seen it in the towns of Agra and Surat and even in the city of Bombay. What do you do? Suddenly the Christian understood. And his face glowed even more when he said, now I know what you mean and I will tell you the secret. It's not something we put on the outside, but something that comes from within. It's the reflection of the light of God in our hearts. You ever seen somebody that you didn't know, didn't know a stranger and knew immediately they were a Christian? Just by something. You've done that. Paul tells us that as Christians we reflect God's glory, or we should. And the closer we get to God, the more we reflect His glory. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on a lampstand. Gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father. So let me talk about seeing some light in the past year. Wednesday night we decorated the sanctuary. Um, the poinsettias are given, and they'll be a list in your bulletin next week. But the poinsettias are given in honor or in memory of loved ones that have impacted our lives. They were placed here to reflect people who let their light shine. They were placed here on Wednesday night by just a bunch of angels, a couple dozen angels that come on Wednesday night that decorated. And I appreciate them, you know, who are letting their light shine. They were here for the service on Friday for Joyce Jordan for her celebration. Uh, Joyce Jordan let her light shine. Uh, when I was describing her to people, she, you know she always sat here on the second row, but we were, people didn't know her name, and I would say, well, she sat there. Oh, she's the one that was always smiling. Yeah, but it was more than that. It wasn't on the outside so much. It was on the inside. She let the light of God reflect. If you knew her, you know that's true. Bill Hall was here. Bill's had an interesting few months. Is that accurate? And Kay was at the hospital and he was here and he found some medication she needed. He ran back there and came back here and he was shining the whole time. He had for a long time. And I appreciate that very much. Helen was here to play. Where'd you go? There you are. And Helen shines all the time, doesn't she? She does all the time. Jeannie does so much. She, I better mention her name. She shines. <laughs> so the poinsettias stand for a lot of people. People that you knew. Some in heaven now. Mildred Ross. Mildred Ross shined all the time. She just, if you knew her, you knew that she loved God because the presence of God dwelt among her. The light that keeps on shining it's still shining, just in a different location. I thought about Gene Smith. It's probably not a week I don't hear Gene Smith's name. Gene Smith, uh, some of you might not have known him because he never got in the front, did he? He was always in the background doing something. Um, all the time. Stuart, Mrs. Gene Smith, probably about as much as anybody. He was a 
just the same if Jesus' life would shine. I thought about Leola Thomas and what a character her mother was. And I thought about how her life would shine. And now it's continuing to shine through her family. And I appreciate their faithfulness. It, it is interesting that, that because of her shining and because of your shining, her family is still with us. And we're so thankful that they are. My friend Andy Grossman went to heaven this week. Andy was a dear friend in Indiana. Andy was 81 years old, largely my right-hand man in Indiana. Anything he needed, Andy would do. I didn't know Andy before he came to Christ, but before he came to Christ, it was very obvious he needed Christ. Um, that's all I'm going to say, but there were some stories and some reputations from his younger days, but when he came to Christ, he became a wonderful servant of God and let his light shine. They'll have a service for him in Indiana Tuesday and they'll celebrate where he because the Spirit of God came and dwelled in him. A light bulb that burns 109 years is impressive. That's impressive. A light that shines, that is priceless. The light of God lasts forever and I love seeing. And here's a prayer for you to pray this week. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Pray to God that you're